We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Hello everyone, you're listening to the Rotobiz Radio NFL Draft Preview Series brought to you by the FFPC. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland and on this edition of the series we'll be focusing on running backs and my guest to do so will be Matt Freeman of Fantasy Labs and of course here at Rotobiz who you can follow on Twitter at Matt F. The Oracle. Matt, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good, how are you man? I'm doing good, uh, really excited to, to break down this. I know I've been looking at a lot of your work over the last pretty much over the last uh, kind of six or eight weeks breaking down the running back position as well as other positions but I'm looking forward to getting your thoughts here on the show obviously we're going to go through a lot of running back prospects on this one but before we get right into it I want to let the listeners know that you can get a 30% discount off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now and it's available through the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com forward slash podcast your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools and best of all it helps support the pod so be sure and head on over now and get that 30% discount to get yourself ready ahead of the draft ahead of the new season that is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast so let's get into uh you know looking at some of the work you're doing looking at your thoughts on the prospects we've seen kind of an influx of talent to the running back position over the last couple of years the 2015 class was kind of you know we had todd Gurley, melvin garden duke johnson David Johnson, JJ, and Tevin Coleman in the 2016 class. We had Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Derek Henry, who's expected a more prominent role this year, Jordan Howard, Kenyon Drake. So, you know, 
there's so many good players coming in in the 2017 class. Probably the best in recent memory as a whole class. We had Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt. So they have been pretty deep classes. But some of those came in and they weren't really expected to have that big of a, an impact. You know, they came in a little bit under the radar. But this class seems to have a real top uh, top elite talent to it. What do you think in terms of depth of this class and how does it compare to the, the last three or four classes in terms of running backs? Man, I uh, I like it right now. I think we're sort of in this this golden age of like a running back rejuvenation. And it, as you mentioned, uh, the last previous uh, couple of classes we've had have been really strong. And I think it's it's the same thing with this one. I think there's a lot of high end talent. And then I think uh, in some of those mid rounds, maybe even some of the guys will be taken a little bit later in the draft. I think there's a lot of potential there, too. So uh, I think it's basically just as strong as the last couple of classes we've seen. Yeah, and when we look back at it, you know, some of those classes, like I mentioned, didn't have a, a huge amount of hype going in. And we've seen, you know, a couple of years ago when we had uh, Eddie Lacy and uh, Giovanni Bernard were the, the early picks not going to the second round of that, that draft. I think that was the 2014 draft. But if you look now, just the way the, the draft has uh, changed over the last couple of years with Elliott going at four, and then we had last year, we had uh, Fournette going at four. So there's a lot more draft capital being put into the class. So there's, a, there's one guy in this class in particular who really is up at the top of that going in the, you know, in those top 10 picks and that is uh, Sequan Barkley so let's look an end to him and over there on Fantasy Labs and at Roto World where you've been doing a lot of work over the last couple of weeks uh, you've ranked Barkley as the number one running back prospect in this class you've also written that he might be the best running back pro- prospect of the last decade so big words come behind him so what sets him apart from the, the other top prospects in this class as well as those previous classes? It's uh, it's a big statement to say that uh, possibly the best of that last decade. Yeah, uh, I, I think I, I get lucky in that I just missed that window where um, uh, Adrian Peterson isn't isn't included <laughs> within the last decade. But uh, still, even so, you have a guy who uh, has good athleticism. I mean, I, I guess we can probably say elite athleticism and he's huge. Uh, and on top of that, he has these uh, these peripheral things that uh, you, you say peripheral and it sounds like it's something that's just supplemental and not important. But the peripheral things are actually really important and they're what make uh, or what really distinguish the great running backs from the good ones. And so those peripherals are that he's the best receiving back uh, in the class and immediately will probably be one of the best receiving backs in the NFL. And then on top of that, he has kick return capability. And that doesn't mean that he's going to be used as a kick returner, but uh, the ability for him to do that speaks to a particular skill set that will translate to the NFL. The ability to uh, have uh, the straight line speed to pull away and the agility, all of that will be very important. And uh, despite not breaking out till his uh, senior year, you've ranked Rashad Penny as your number two running back. Penny was a, a mega producer when he earned the starting role, rushing for uh, 2,248 yards and 23 touchdowns. He also forced 80 missed tackles per your piece in Fantasy Labs. Uh, I was hoping you could talk a little bit about Penny because obviously we've heard you know about Saquon Barkley and there's all the pub around him over pretty much the the last year but from uh, the rest of the prospects you have him as a kind of do you have him as a clear second then after Barkley or where's your your guiding there 
Uh, man, it's it's kind of hard because uh, I Penny is just so intriguing to me that uh, I know I can't possibly put him above Saquon Barkley, but I'm going to feel pretty decent missing out on Barkley in rookie drafts if I get Rashad Penny. Uh, and I, I like Geis a lot, too. So I, I wouldn't quibble if anyone had Geis above Rashad Penny. In fact, I think that's probably the correct move. Um, but really, I, I do like Penny in that, uh, unlike Geis, I think he uh, probably has a little bit more receiving capability. And then also, again, his ability in the return game really speaks to uh, a, a versatile type of skill set that I think is going to translate to the NFL. And then he's just so big and, and he's athletic enough. Now, he's not a, a super freak athlete uh, the way that Saquon is, but he's still uh, big and athletic enough uh, to where I think he has workhorse capability. Yeah, and obviously, you know, the, the workhorse in the NFL is something that's kind of starting to move away. We've seen it with Elliot, we've seen it with Le'Veon Bell, but it, there's not many of those guys still around. But he does have that potential. You mentioned the versatility to be able to do that. But do you think that there will make him be a first-round uh, pick come the draft, or do you think he's more of a you know kind of early second-round prospect at this time? So it's interesting because he's a smaller school guy. I, I just... I don't see him being a first round guy. I, second round is, is very possible, but honestly, I bet he's more of a third round guy. Like the guys who have been comparable to him in the past have gone in that third round range, like David Johnson, uh, some guys even in the fourth round range. So I, I could see second round first round would really surprise me. Um, but I mean, it's, it's possible. Uh, and if that happens, uh, my mind is going to be blown just in terms of how much I value him. <laughs> and uh, obviously you mentioned guys and we're going to get into him now and we're going to ask you after this question uh, you know you said he is your third in this class and do you think well let's get straight into it. do you think that with guys and with penny do you think they are both going to go in that uh, second round or third round or later on do you think there's a chance that uh, you know barkley's the only running back taken in that first round yeah, I think Geis is on that uh, first round, second round borderline. So if Geis went around pick 20, I think that's that's the normal value that I would expect him to have in terms of draft capital. But if he went around like pick 36, pick 40, I, I could also see that. But I think that's the general the general range for him. Uh, so guys like him in that range. Uh, they end up having a pretty significant amount of production for their NFL careers and, and uh, just based on kind of like their biophysical metrics. So he's a big bodied guy. He's still very young, uh, you know, had had good production at LSU. Those guys tend to do really well in the NFL. So I, I think like right there at the top of the class, you have three guys who have a lot of potential. So it is it's pretty reminiscent, I think, of uh, the class we had a few years ago where you had uh, you had girls and you had Melvin Gordon as as the two kind of clear top guys there and then David Johnson as someone you were able to get later in rookie drafts uh, who still provided a lot of value I think Geis is sort of the Melvin Gordon of that of this group yeah I'm always very interested when you know you look at the draft or you look at you have him as the third prospect but you expect him to be drafted second in the class I'm always interested to get that do you just think that NFL teams are going to put more uh, you know capital into guys is that the real reason behind that you know you have him obviously evaluated as the, as the third best but you're projecting him to go as the second running back oh yeah i'm just i'm expecting the nfl to to draft him higher much higher than uh than penny and i th i think it makes sense from a certain perspective in that he's he's younger he's been productive 
he was a, a very highly recruited player coming out of high school. He played in a power five conference, had multiple seasons of production. So, I mean, I like I get it. He uh, he hits all of the criteria that NFL decision makers want. Um, and, and so I think it makes sense for him uh, to be drafted number two uh, among the running backs. Uh, and I think it makes sense for him to have a pretty high projection in terms of what he can do in the NFL. Um, but guys like Rashad Penny just tend to be uh, undervalued when they enter the league. And so that's that's why I'm kind of bullish on him. Yeah, and with Gates as well, he's one of the youngest running backs in this class. And, you know, he wasn't used extensively as a receiver at LSU. So does that lack of receiving production in college give you a little bit of pause? Or do you think that, you know, he has the potential to be a workhorse uh, in the NFL? Or do you think it's that he... He might just be that first and second down back. Uh, I think he he could. I think it's it's hard to um, to predict receiving production uh, in the NFL when we haven't seen it from guys in college. It's easier to do it when guys have been return men. Um, those guys tend to have a little more of like a, a smoother transition to the receiving game in the NFL. Uh, so with guys, I don't know. It is possible that he might just be kind of a, a two down thumper. Um, but, you know, there, there is some possibility there. Uh, I, I don't think he was as productive in the receiving game as Leonard Fournette was, for instance. Um, and, you know, Fournette was actually decent in the receiving game last year as a rookie. Um, but, you know, there, there is some possibility there for guys, but it's just kind of hard to predict. And that is one of the reasons why I, I do have Penny uh, rated ahead of him. Uh, so before we get into some more of the prospects, uh, I want to tell the listeners about our friends over at the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC. They are the home of season-long high-stakes football, and they are helping us with presenting today's show. For most people, it is the off-season, but not for the FFPC. If you're ready to draft now, the FFPC Best Ball Leagues are drafting daily with entry fees starting from just $35. They have both slow and live drafts, so they have you covered for all those options. And if you are a Dynasty player, the FFPC has almost 200 active Dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at just $77 going all the way up to the high stakes of $2,500 so there's something for everyone over there and another incredible stat not a single dynasty league has folded in their eight years so it's uh, really uh, just solid when you're having dynasty leagues you want to make sure that you have that long-term future for those leagues in the FFPC does provide that so don't miss out on the ffp experience go to myffpc.com and register now that is myffpc.com the home of season-long high stakes fantasy football also if you're subscribing to the pod head on over rate and review the road of his radio channel on itunes if you do that you'll be eligible to win a free 35 dollar entry into a league at the ffpc Go to iTunes, leave a written review with your name on it, and then listen to one of our future episodes and see if you are a winner. Also, if you're interested in being in the FFPC Listener League with some of our writers and podcasters here at Rotoviz, just email us at rotovizradio at gmail.com and we'll get that one set up. So, Matt, you've also ranked Nick Chubb as your fourth best running back prospect ahead of Sonny Michael. You consider Michael to be the seventh ranked running back in this class. But over at Fantasy Labs, you've noted that Michael could be a superior uh, NFL player to Chubb. What are the differences between their skill sets uh, as, a, as a whole? Yeah, it's interesting that um, so Michelle, he is the well, it's kind of hard because the combine went very differently than how I thought and how I think a lot of people thought they would go. Um, I think people expected Michelle to be faster, kind of the the sleeker, more agile 
you know, just kind of uh, better receiving type of back. The thing is, he wasn't really all that much better as a receiver than Chubb in college. Neither one had really great receiving production. Uh, and then Chubb was uh, just as fast. I mean, actually a little bit faster than Michelle and much heavier uh, at the combine uh, and had good agility. So Michelle basically looks like, uh, you know, a, a I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of the right. I mean, he's basically like Kenyon Drake of Georgia instead of like Alabama. Um, there is definitely a lot of potential there. It's just, um, you know, he always had to split carries with Chubb. And Chubb at this point actually looks like the guy who uh, deserves to be the lead back in that in that backfield, given the production he had and then given the athleticism he exhibited at the combine. And uh, obviously with them sharing the backfield last year, like you mentioned, uh, how do you see them going, you know, into the draft here? Do you see them being drafted very far apart or how do you see them? What rounds do you see that shaking out around? I think probably uh, rounds two and three for both of them. And whoever goes first, it really wouldn't surprise me. I I know there is the possibility that Chubb uh, potentially could go in round one, but I kind of doubt that. I think rounds two, uh, rounds three. Uh, I think those are, that's more uh, realistic. I think as we've kind of seen so far when we're talking through it, I think a lot of the, the running backs off the board, probably between that round two and round four, there's going to be a healthy dose of running backs coming off the board there. It's going to be interesting to see those landing spots. Royce Freeman is another one that's been talked up in this class, and he rounds out your top five for the running backs this year. You've, you've noticed in Freeman's NFL potential is kind of currently underappreciated. What do you think gives him the edge over most of the other running backs in this draft class? It's obviously hard when we're trying to project to the future and you don't know the landing spots and there's so much that goes into it but at this moment in time you've compared him uh, to Leonard Fournette over at Roto World so how similar is that you know Freeman uh, to Fournette as a comp? I mean it's tough because it's um, we're talking about guys who are unlike a lot of other players and so uh, it's hard to come up with the the comp that um matches kind of like a lot of the stylistic things, but then also uh, is realistic in terms of like the probability of hitting a certain production level. So for instance, like Freeman is similar to Fournette in that he is big and he has very good size adjusted athleticism. uh, And he was productive over basically the entirety of his college career. And he's actually a pretty good receiving back for a guy of his size. So you say all of those things and it's clear that he has a lot of resonance with Fournette. But then like that said, he's smaller than Fournette. He's not as athletic as Fournette. He's not going to be drafted as high as Fournette. And he's probably not as good as Fournette. But like still, all that said, the guy to whom he is most comparable is Leonard Fournette. He's just kind of like a discounted version of the, the you know, the number one running back off the board last and, uh, year. I know it's part of what kind of we have to do at this time of year, and I know you're doing a lot of it with your work, but as comparing players to current players, previous players, is that something that you enjoy doing, or do you think it's just something that, you know, it's really impossible to, to get correct in most uh, most chances? No, I I enjoy doing it, and I think it's actually important to do because I think it helps um, 
it helps give people a fairly realistic range of outcomes and also comparable players in the first place. So uh, I saw on Twitter someone compare. I can't remember who it was, but I think it was someone like Saquon Barkley to Felix Jones. And it's just like <laughs> that compare. Like, like maybe there are actually like if you're watching the film and uh, maybe they move in certain ways and they read blocks in certain ways. And, and so like those stylistic type of things, like maybe he's comparable to Felix Jones in those ways. And that's fine. But those aren't the types of things that would really show up uh, in terms of like the numbers that I look at. So I just look at Saquon Barkley and I see a guy who's huge and super athletic and likely to be drafted in the top five and, you know, like productive for the entirety of his college career and got like the vast majority of the touches in his backfield. Like looking at those things in no way is he similar to Felix Jones. So like and I don't think they will be really used in similar ways in the NFL. I don't think he uh, I don't think Felix Jones is really like within his range of outcomes. So like I think it is important to go through the process because I, I think it helps sort of like calibrate your expectations both for um, for how players will be used, sort of like the manner and function in which they will be used, and then also the type of production you could expect to get yeah, from Yeah, I think them. that's a great answer because I have seen people on Twitter, you know, kind of going down on the idea that, you know, you shouldn't be comparing players. But I do think, like you mentioned, it gives people uh, a realistic expectation of the, the possible outcomes for that player. And, you know, I've mentioned now so far the top five running backs that you have listed in this class. Do you think at that point of five, there's a, a drop-off or a tear break, or where do you kind of have the tear breaks as, as amongst the top, say, 10 uh, running backs at this point? Yeah, I mean, I, so I should just say, I'm, it, it, I know this is a fault of mine. I am a rookie optimist. Uh, I, you know, like I always look at these guys and, and I think like, oh, this is what he could be. And, and so I, I have to remember um, most of these guys will turn into nothing. <laughs> and, and like that sounds brutal, but um, I, you know, I'm a little bit um, pessimistic about Ronald Jones. And, uh, you know, I, I think some people um, entering the combine had him rated fairly highly. Like he was maybe the number three guy on a lot of people's boards as a potential round one guy. And maybe um, he has that athleticism. He tweaked his hamstring, I think, at the combine when he was running. So he has a 4.65 second 40 time, but that can basically be disregarded. That's not representative. Um, but at the same time, we don't really know what his athleticism is. Uh, and a guy who isn't really built like a workhorse uh, is someone uh, I have a I just I, I don't know, someone I don't really want to take a stand on before we know what uh, that guy's athleticism is. So really going from number five to number six is probably where the, the tier break is for me, like the, the big yeah, tier you mentioned break. You're always the optimist. I'm kind of the opposite when it comes to, to playing in dynasty leagues. I tend to value the older guys a lot more than the guys coming in. So it's always uh, good to have somebody on the opposite side. But I think if we find a, a middle balance, we'll uh, get things right eventually. But we always like to be very, very positive this time of the year with the, the prospects coming in. Uh, with Ronald Jones, you mentioned suffering the injury at the Combine. He wasn't healthy enough then to attempt drills at UC, or USC's Pro Day, so he has announced he's scheduling another workout for scouts when healthy. But obviously, the entire kind of draft process, I guess we'll call it, from the, the Combine through the Pro Day has been uh, one that uh, has not worked out well for him, so that'll certainly be affecting his uh, draft stock as well. You've, you've noted that uh, Jalen Samuels is a player with a very versatile skill set, 
um, you know, with the rest of this class, you've mentioned versatility with a few players. Do you find that a lot of the running backs in this class in general have that versatility based on how college football has uh, kind of changed over the last couple of years? Or do you think that there's a certain few that, you know, you, you'll include Jalen Samuel and that and then a, a couple other guys as well? Yeah, it's pretty limited, I think. Um, and some of those guys, I think maybe we are noticing it a little bit more with this class just because of how certain things shook out and just the the players themselves who are actually good in this class. But in other class in other classes, like it wouldn't be surprising if there are guys who are highly rated but not fairly versatile. I mean, just like um I mean, we can look at the the two guys near the top last year. Right. Uh, McCaffrey, incredibly versatile. And then Leonard Fournette, really uh, not all that versatile, but actually, let me rephrase that. So not um, not obviously versatile, but I I think like as a a freshman, he actually returned like kicks and he returned one for a touchdown. And for a big guy was actually better at receiving than a lot of people kind of expected. So actually, like, I mean, although he doesn't seem to be incredibly versatile, he was kind of versatile, too. So I just sort of like talked myself into it a knot right there. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the guys at the top are just going to tend to be a little more versatile, but it doesn't always have to work out that way. Um, it's just, I think for this class, it kind of has. Yeah, I, I have two lists of five coming up here. So I'm, I have uh, five players and I'm going to get your thoughts on two of them that you can pick out off it. But right now, uh, your top 15, uh, there's a couple of players in the Power 5 programs. And uh, give us your thoughts on two of your choosing out of uh, on Johnson, Josh Adams, Kalen Bollage, Bo Scarborough, and John Kelly. I know that quite a few of these have been polarized and some people very very high on them some people uh, very very low on them so is there any two that uh, you like on one end of that spectrum that you want to dive into not really <laughs> to, be, <laughs> to be honest well i mean so josh adams is intriguing to me in that uh he was productive at notre dame in a situation that was fairly subpar for him um like you know with deshaun kaiser there and then this last year uh not great quarterback play so never had the opportunity to be in a really good offense um but he still you know to the the best of the ability that he could he carried the team um so he's someone who is intriguing um but i will definitely want to see his athleticism a little bit closer like right now we don't really have great athletic measurements on him so we need to get that information um you know but he has some potential uh and he's a pretty decent receiver for a guy of his size not like great but decent enough so uh i don't know you know uh, a guy that big from a it's actually not technically a power five program um but you know a, a an, an esteemed program that played really high level competition he is someone who is intriguing uh and could provide a lot of value as someone who's likely to be drafted outside of the top 10 at the position yeah, i think again that probably shows that that, that tear break you know after the after those top five there's several several running backs in this class who weigh in uh, at 205 pounds or under and that can be a concern obviously uh, for the running back position is there any of these guys then uh, that you want to give your thoughts on we have naheem himes uh, chase edmonds justin jackson mark walton akrum wadley and ito smith is there any of those uh, that, that pique your interest yeah, actually. So Edmonds is interesting as the small school guy. And I think every draft kind of has one of these guys, uh, you know, like someone who is super productive at the lower level uh, and, uh, you know, ends up having some pretty decent athleticism. And so like uh, Tariq Cohen is, you know, was the guy from last year. Edmonds is really interesting in that he was uh, a sustained starter, uh, you know, four year starter 
incredibly productive, had a down year as a senior because of an injury, but still, you know, in the aggregate, all of his career stats were fantastic. Uh, and I think he's going to go in that same uh, draft range as Cohen last year, like rounds four, rounds five. So I, I think that works. Um, he's interesting. Uh, but the guy who really intrigues me is uh, Naheem Hines from North Carolina State. Uh, who went back and forth between the running back position and wide receiver position and each season had, uh, you know, like a kick or a punt return touchdown. Um, there's a lot of potential there with him. Just, uh, you know, led uh, the position at the combine with his 40 time of 4.38 seconds. Um, I, you know, CJ Spiller is the guy that uh, kind of comes to mind in terms of the um, the player comparison, although Spiller uh, has a much higher draft capital invested in him than Hines is going to have. Yeah, it's always uh, I always like those guys who, you know, we've mentioned versatility a few times in the show, but have that versatility, but can catch passes. I think with the way the NFL's going uh, and it has gone over the last two or three years, I think we'll see a lot more passes closer to the line of scrimmage. It's been kind of a, a developing trend over the last couple of years. Outside of those guys that we've mentioned on the show, is there any other guys that we haven't mentioned maybe some later round prospects maybe some potential undrafted guys that uh, you know have piqued your interest over the last couple of months you know i mean we we mentioned uh jalen samuels there and uh it would be fun to talk about him maybe a, a little bit more um just such an intriguing guy you know played uh like h back and you know hybrid tight end moved all over the formation they gave him the ball a lot out of the backfield uh, he's someone who is really interesting to me. So uh, I think it will be kind of based on um, the team that drafts him, um, you know, how high he's drafted, how it is that they want to use him. But I, I think in a best case scenario, he could be used in a lot of different ways by someone who is a very creative play caller. So if he is drafted by someone like that, I will be very excited for him. Um, but looking further in the draft, uh, Ryan Nall is someone who is interesting uh, in that he was a, uh, you know, a, a workhorse, um, a big bodied guy. And, you know, I expected him to have almost no athleticism at all. Uh, you know, but then at the combine, he actually had pretty good athleticism, both in terms of just straight line speed and um, and agility for a guy of his size, you know, 6'2", 232 pounds. Uh, you know, played at a power five conference on a horrible team uh, and was still highly productive for his two seasons as the lead back. Uh, and also a very good receiver, 49 receptions uh, in his two seasons as the starter. So I could see him being the type of person like I don't want to be too excited about him because I've been down that Zach line road before. <laughs> but um, but he is the you know, like the type of person where. Uh, you know, maybe they start him out as a fullback or sort of like a, a goal line type of like a short yardage back or something like that. And then, you know, maybe he can kind of make his way and have, you know, one season of Peyton Hillis type of glory or something like that. Uh, you know, like like that, that's <laughs> that's maybe possible with him, you know, but he's someone who's interesting to me. But, you know, like if I had to bet on whether something actually will happen with his career, but yeah, probably not. But 
but he's he's a really interesting yeah, it's guy. always good to have those guys that you can kind of latch on to and see how their, their career develops and you mentioned Pitt and Hillis uh, all the way to the, the Madden cover <laughs> could be in his, in his future then <laughs> right. so uh, Madden's been uh, awesome uh, getting the different breakdowns on the running back position and uh, for the listeners I'm sure they've checked it out already but if you haven't checked out the great work Matt's doing uh, with the uh, series covering all 32 teams for the NFL draft talking with beat reporters from each team it's been uh, it's been a great lesson as it's gone on with I think there's uh, 12 or 13 up there already we'll be going through all 32 so there's a master list of all the shows as well up on rotovids.com so uh, Matt it's been it's been a lot of fun all right thanks for having me I uh, I very much appreciate being on the show and I appreciate everything that you are doing for the Rotoviz radio channel so uh you know kudos to you there <laughs> thanks a lot so that's going to do it for today's edition of the Rotoviz radio nfl draft preview this has been the running back edition brought to you by the ffpc my name's colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime Ireland. my guest on today's show was matt friedman of fantasy labs and rotomiz who you can follow on twitter at matt f the article thanks for tuning in Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Radio NFL Draft Series. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz summer event, like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz summer event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.